Hello, everybody. This is Sports Council. Um, I'm Matthew. I'm Sar. And um, we're going to be doing a quick, um, you know, quarantine kind of edition of podcasting. Um, as you may or may not know, we're still under quarantine um, due to COVID-19. And um, as such, this podcast will actually be conducted over Zoom. And, you know, we're just going to pray, hope and pray that the Wi-Fi holds up, that um, the size audio will be fine. Um, throughout this episode, there's no lagging necessary, um, and we're mostly going to be discussing the free agency period for the NFL, which still took place, um, and we're more importantly, because this is Bay Area Sports Council, we're going to be talking the 49ers free agency, so we're going to start off with the biggest move, I think, and it was the um, first move, I think, that the Niners took was that um, they re-signed their star defensive end, Eric Armstead, for five years, $85 million dollars. And um, it was obviously a huge extension. And, you know, Armstead has been a breakout star for the Niners this season. And he has pretty much been one of the main keys to their success for last season. Um, yeah, but, you know, five years, $85 million. Um, and it's always felt like Armstead kind of was um, the more expendable, I guess, defensive lineman after, you know, Nick Bosa, uh, DeForest Buckner, who we'll talk about later, and DeFord. But, you know, let's discuss this. Um, the Niners free agent front office clearly believed that Armstead was a valuable piece to the team, and they gave him the extension that he felt like he was worth. So um, what about you, Sai? What do you think? Do you think Armstead was worth that extension? Um, okay, so I think the, the short answer is yes. I do believe that it's worth keeping Eric Armstead. Um, is it worth at the expense of letting DeForest Buckner go? Uh, I think that's only going to uh you know pan out with time as we you know we figure out what we're going to do with the 13th draft pick that we attain from Indianapolis mm-hmm. um but i really like this move for the main reason is that it kind of helps keep the overall team together in the foreseeable future um you know cap space is definitely going to be an issue especially next year when we have to pay george kittle so i appreciate the fact that they're trying to keep the d line together as much as possible with armstead uh, Bosa's still on his rookie contract, and D Ford is still locked up for a few years. Um, yeah, it's just going to be a question of whether these guys can stay healthy because we're going to be a little bit thinner at defensive line this year than last year. Um, but I still think that it can be every bit as powerful. And, you know, I think this really gives Solomon Thomas his last chance to kind of prove his worth because, uh, you know, I've been rooting for my man, but, you know, if he doesn't show up this year, then I think it's going to be tough for him. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think the biggest, like, key for Armstead in particular was that you know um he has versatility right he can play on the edge and he can play the three technique he can play inside um and you know that's incredibly valuable um but that also I feel like also makes him a little bit more expendable maybe than the other couple of guys right like Bosa and Ford those guys are strictly edge but they're really good at it um and Buckner is like the three technique but he's um also you know incredibly good he's at an all pro level um, so you have all those guys already. So um, I think I was perfectly um, – I would understand if Armstead was let go, especially with the cap space, right? The Niners were, like, coming into the uh, free agency period in the bottom 10, I think, in salary cap space. Mm-hmm. So um, I think it was kind of understandable to see Armstead go. But, you know, you can't let that kind of guy go. He is a hometown kid. He loves playing in the Bay. He said he'd – there was no place he'd rather be or stay than in the Bay, right? So right. I think you got to reward him for that. you got to reward him for, like, a tremendous season. Um, and, you know, I think 
that hopefully, you know, 85 million, it's a lot to a defensive lineman. And yeah, I get it that you want to keep that um, core defensive line together, right? Because really their strength of their um, Super Bowl squad was basically the pass rush, right? So you really have to retain that kind of um, strength in order to keep going. And you need pressure to win games in this league. You need good defense to win pressure, to win in this league. And Armstead is clearly a valuable asset to that. Um, But, you know, yeah, let's talk about the other side of things, though, because just a few hours after that good news, right, obviously there was had to be a subsequent move after that because, um, you know, the Niners were operating under a limited amount of cap space. And as you said, there are extensions coming up with, you know, DeForest Buckner and George Kittle, uh, among others. And, um, you know, unfortunately, a few hours later, the it broke that, you know, DeForest Buckner, another longtime 49er and a fan favorite, I would assume, got traded to the Indianapolis Colts for the first overall, for their first overall pick this year, which is 13th overall. And um, Upon getting traded, Buckner would agree to a five-year uh, deal that would pay him, on average, twenty-one million dollars a season, um, which is the second highest for defensive tackle, um, behind you know the one and only defensive player of the year two times, Aaron Donald, right? So, um, you know, that was a shocker. I think you don't. I remember hearing that rumor. Um, it was right it before was. it happened, and then it was just crazy. Um, you know. I guess take me through your first reactions um, during it. I know it's been a while, but again, it was yeah. a shocker for me, I think. You know, I just want to say it's hard to like forget anything during these quarantine days because <laughs> I feel like, you know, everything's so, it's like in slow motion right now. So the days are going to just by like amber right now. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when this trade happened and I remembered, you know, just being in shock for a little bit, you know, because, you know, here we were with, uh, you know, our five first round pick, uh, you know, defensive line last oh, yeah. year, you know, just tearing up, <laughs> yeah, including Solomon Thomas, but yes. they were still tearing up the league. And, uh, you know, I kind of saw like, you know, well, if you do the math, it makes sense what they, what they did. They had, they did what they had to do, but, um, you know, I'm glad that he's getting paid in Indy. And, uh, I know that a lot of Colts fans are excited to have him as mm-hmm. they uh, rightly should. Um, but yeah, I think that, you know, if, you know, we can kind of look in the long term, I think this move is going to pan out for us. Yeah, definitely. Um, look, I think Buckner was probably at most, at worst, the second best player on this team. Let's say George Kittle's first, right? And then the fourth Buckner's second. Like, he was that good. And he was that good from the start. Um, you know, he was the seventh overall pick for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um in an absolutely loaded draft class, too. Um, you know, Joey Bosa is the only one who went behind, um, ahead of him um, as a defensive lineman. That was how good he was. And he has, you know, played tough through, you know, every single year with the Niners. And, you know, ever since just before last season, the Niners were terrible. And he was kind of like the lone bright spot for those teams. So it's kind of sad to see him go after, you know, his first really successful season, right? He was able to win with the team with his success. Um, So it really does suck to see him go. And, you know, I think that um, it kind of changes the dynamic of that defensive line because even regardless of whether or not you re-signed Armstead, the loss of Buckner is huge, right? When you lose one of that fearsome foursome, right? You know, Bosa, Buckner, 
Armstead and Ford, right? That um, losing your huge interior presence, it's gonna be, um, it's gonna be a loss for sure, and we can't discount that. Obviously, you know the Niners have a plan. Hopefully, they do because you know you had to replace him, but um, they obviously decided that you know edge rushers are more valuable than an interior presence. And you know maybe that will pan out, and you know conventionally that's true. But at the same time, um, if you just create pressure along the edges, the quarterback can just step up in the pocket, right? So um, they do need to replace Buckner with at least a kind of presence. They can't just expect to put Solomon Thomas out there and just hope for a good like for it to be the same. It's not going to be. It's going to be barely above replaceable, I think, if they just put. Thomas out there. Maybe they'll put Armstead back in kind of that three technique, but at the same time, you're limiting his versatility if you do that, right? So at the same time, you kind of like paying Armstead, um, you know, 17 million a year, but you're not really doing it um, him justice by putting him in a position that fits alongside his success, right? So right. the Nana's front office, I think they were prudent though in making this move because, um, you know, they had the choose to pick, choose um, to sign either one of them. They can just invest like 50 million plus into just the defensive line, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so they had to pick one. And unfortunately, you know, for some, they picked Armstead over Buckner. Um, I didn't see it coming. I thought they would do the opposite, but you know, at least they were able to retain, I guess, value off of it. And that's good. And Buckner got paid, so I'm happy for him, obviously. Um, right. I mean, what would you do in that scenario? Would you rather have Buckner for 20 plus million or Armstead for just 17 million? Um, I think that goes back to like, you know, addressing the strengths of our defense. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just two years ago, like you said, you know, our defense was probably one of the worst in the leagues. Yeah. And last year we were really good. And uh, if anything, I would say that with the exception of the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. um, our defense has been lights out. And um, I think that we can afford to uh, lose a higher value um, defensive lineman like Buckner and keep, you know, a solid player like Armstead at a little bit of a cheaper rate, just because I feel like, you know, our offense could use a little bit more talent, you know? And uh, I think that keeping Armstead at that little, you know, lesser rate will, uh, will pan out in other positions that the 49ers still need to uh, build into. Yeah. I think, um, I mean, if you gave it to me kind of just as a either Buckner or Armstead, I would obviously pick Buckner. You can just hear how much I love him just based off of what I was saying. But, like, at the same time, I think Buckner um, at 20-plus million, that's that's a pretty hefty tag, especially for a defensive tackle. Um, it's a high ask for sure. Yeah. It's like he's not going to be an edge presence. So it's just not – that's not what's going to happen. He's good, but he's only good at his position. And right. maybe you can find a replaceable value without um, the same price tag. I mean, there's some good free techniques in this draft um, itself, right? Um, so maybe they go into that route. But I, I agree with you because um, I think Armstead at just a slightly cheaper price, um, it will be better, I guess, for the future of the Niners and considering their salary cap circumstances. But also at the right. same time, like, I don't think you could have traded Armstead for that value. Um, I don't think you could have gotten a first for Armstead. Absolutely. And if you do the math, you know, in a way you kind of have Armstead, you know, under a long-term deal. And now you have a potential uh, rookie 
who can come onto the team and make an immediate impact and have him locked for another, you know, three or so years on a rookie contract. So exactly. I just think the value proposition is too good when you just uh, have to let go of, you know, unfortunately has to be divorced Buckner. And I love that. I love Buckner, but I think the, uh, the math just has to, you know, win in this case. Yeah, exactly. Like it, unfortunately, you know, you can't keep everyone. Um, they made their decision. Let's see if they were right. Um, coming into next season but you know how do you think they plan to replace Buckner um well I mean I think that they're just gonna have to you know go a little bit deeper into our uh, defensive line rotation like this year uh you know plug in Solomon Thomas let's see what he can do um will they draft another defensive lineman in uh, in this year most likely yes uh it's not probably going to be like as uh, you know, as a flashy player as Nick Bosa or anything like that. It's probably going to be a later round pick. But then again, you know, at some point, this position just requires more and more bodies. And so I hope that they can just, you know, get more people who can just kind of like rotate and keep the line fresh. Because that's, that's what our line had as a major strength last year, is that we could just plug in and play, you know, Nick Bosa and then, you know, replace him with like Ronald Blair, for example, and then just keep it going that way. Yeah, yeah, I totally get that. Yeah, because, um, you know, defensive line depth, it's just as important as having pressure, right? Um, mm-hmm. The Eagles had that in their Super Bowl season, and um, they were able to keep their guys fresh. And I think a lot of, like, the injuries later in the season, with, like, DJ Jones, right, and Blair, right, it kind of hurt that kind of rotation. Um, so, yeah, definitely. I think they will probably turn to Solomon Thomas. Um <laughs> we'll see how it works out I mean I'm not the biggest fan of Thomas and I'm not hating I'm I'm sure he's a good guy and you know I feel for him um but you know I, I just don't know if I can believe in him to take up the mantle I'm not I just haven't seen any flashes yet you know right Hopefully this right. is easier um because you know even Armstead you know we didn't really know how good he was he should he certainly showed a little bit more than Thomas did right now but like he wasn't certainly this superstar kind of player that we had to keep um mm-hmm. we're thinking about him last season so I mean maybe Thomas will be that guy maybe he'll step it up um this is his contract year I think so yeah. he, he'll have to step up honestly and maybe he'll finally make that third overall pick um worth it not gonna yeah say yeah but <laughs> <laughs> I hope the uh, the shoes of the Forrest Buckner doesn't you know, intimidate him, you know, to the point where he can't play anymore, you know, because yeah. that really is a big role for him to fill. But, you know, I think if he at least plays competently enough, then mm-hmm. we can just, you know, keep it going. Yeah. He just needs to, I don't know. He just needs to, <sighs> I have no idea how to describe Solomon Thomas's game because I just, I just never see him. Like, I feel like I never see his impact. Um, yeah. If he could just be a run eater, like, a space eater, he could just pick up double teams, free up Armstead and Bosa and Ford. Um, that would be good enough, but you have to be enough of a threat to warrant a double team, right? You have to right, be that right. uh, double team um, to fill up that gap. And I think the wide line system will work for the edge rushing because, you know, if you play wide enough, you're going to get past the offensive tackles in terms of the edge rush. Um, so, Solomon Thomas already has, you know, the defensive line already has a scheme advantage for it. Thomas just has to um, be a good enough run stopper, I think, and then kind of be a kind of like 
clogger up the middle. Mm-hmm. Just make the easy play, Sally. Just make the easy play. <laughs> yep. We're all rooting for you. Yep. <laughs> um, but just in case he doesn't have the faith of the 49ers front office, you know, we have that 13th overall pick now. And the, the Niners have – they don't have a lot of holes in their roster, obviously, but um, they do now have one big DeForest Buckner-sized hole. Um, and they had a lack of draft picks coming into the draft and coming into the offseason. But now they have that 13th overall pick as well as the 31st overall pick. So now they have two first-rounders. They don't have a second. They don't have a third. They don't have a fourth. But two first-rounders, you can play with that. Um, how do you think the Niners should use that 13th pick? So I think that the biggest need that the 49ers have right now is to uh, comp- or supplement their uh, secondary as well as their uh, wide receivers, with especially with the uh, – the absence of Emmanuel Sanders on the team. Yeah. Um, with the 13th pick, I would, you know, go with a, you know, high powered uh, wide receiver. This is a draft that's, you know, thankfully, you know, really uh, stacked with wide receivers. So uh, a player like CD lamb or Henry Ruggs or uh, Jerry Judy, who's my personal favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, any one of those guys would definitely, you know, provide like a, you know, another offensive weapon for Jimmy G and uh, hopefully, open up uh you know you know george kill or debo samuel to you know have more space on the field so like you know if like george Kittle gets double teamed then like you know we'll have like another reliable weapon that jimmy g can just throw to um that's what i would do for the 13th pick what do you think i mean i think i am absolutely salivating at the chance to draft uh you know a judy or a lamb right i i assume that you know the niners wouldn't make any moves they just be stuck with that 31st pick. And, you know, this is a very deep wide receiver class, right? you got, I feel, at least seven wide receivers that you can take in the first round, and they can become starters. Um, that's, that's my personal opinion. But this is, that's how stacked this wide receiver class, I believe, is. Um, and I would have been fine with, you know, Justin Jefferson or um, T. Higgins you know, with the 31st pick, right? Um, mm-hmm. They're kind of low-end kind of wide receivers. You don't know how... Um, if they can step up and be that number one guy in the first season, right? But now you've got that 13th pick. And I feel like the Niners not only wanted to trade Buckner because, you know, um, they realized they couldn't keep him, but at the same time, they realized they have an opportunity to get a really, really good player. And I feel like that guy will either be Judy or Lamb. You like Judy. I really like Lamb. Um, I love his yards after catch ability. Um, he's just he was a high-powered weapon in a high-powered conference in the um, Big 12. Um, you know, I think that he is probably the best wide receiver in this class, and I really hope the Niners take him. Um, I think, you know, Judy is a good route runner, and I think Shanahan would really like that. Um, he seems to emphasize, you know, yards of, yards of the catch and um, route running ability as his main two kind of concerns for what a wide receiver should be. You know, we saw Debo, right? He has, uh, as well as, you know, positional versatility, right? If you can line up as a halfback, as you can line up as a tight end, you know, if Shanahan can put you all around the field, it will only add to, like, a positionless offense, right? Right. So if you have, like, Debo, right, he has yards after catchability, and he has um, that positional versatility as a running back. I wish I saw it more in the Super Bowl, but I digress. Um, George Kittle. <laughs> Yards after catch ability, right? And he's just a big, 
dude, he can just bowl over people. He is incredible. And then, you know, um, you see the rationale also, with, you know, Kyle Juszczyk, positional versatility, right? Um, mm-hmm. You see Dante Pettis, when they originally drafted him, he is a great route runner. Um, unfortunately, you know, he's just in Shanahan's doghouse right now. Um, we'll see if he gets a chance. Um, Emmanuel Sanders, they traded for him. He's an incredible route runner. Like, these are the kind of guys Shanahan wants. So it's kind of a debate between, again, either route running in duty or that um, yards after catch ability in Lamb. Lamb's this kind of big, strong guy. Judy's a more finesse kind of route runner guy. Um, they would be both incredible in the Niners' offense. Hopefully one of them falls to the 13th pick. But I really hope that's where they go. Other than that, I think maybe they go best player available. If not, like Derek Brown from Auburn, defensive tackle, plug him right in. Um, he assumes the Buckner role. Sorry, Solomon. <laughs> it's like those are the two ways I think that it would go, probably. Yep, I agree. I think that you know if we go with someone like Jerry Judy, he'll also provide you know Dante Pettis a little bit of competition as a right. route runner. So you know, I think Shanahan's always about his uh, you know wide receivers competing for the starting role, right? So mm-hmm. hopefully this you know brings in some the best out of all of our wide receivers, including, uh, you know, Dante Pettis, who's like you said, currently not doing so well. Yeah. I really hope Pettis is like, I don't know. It feels like he didn't get the opportunity. Like, I don't know what happened to him. An opportunity, right? Yeah. Like Shanahan, it seems like he's frustrated at him. I don't think he hates him. Obviously he drafted him, but mm-hmm. he's in his doghouse for sure. Something happened probably in training camp or something like that. And then Shanahan just didn't play him. Um, and it's really odd because he had a good, he had an okay kind of like rise in his rookie season. And it's like he just hit a wall his sophomore year. So I don't know. Right. Um, if they use that 13th pick on a wide receiver, though, I don't think Pettis has the ability to get back on the field, right? Like, right. it's just really hard to see at that point. He'll be maybe the third guy, but no, I don't know. Right. I think I would put Kendrick Bourne over Pettis at this point. Oh, yeah. And Shanahan did too, obviously. Like, yeah. It's just very odd. It's very odd to see that. But, you know, let's talk about the guy that the Niners did let go um, in terms of wide receivers, Emmanuel Sanders. Um, the Niners traded for him as kind of like a chip at the Super Bowl um, to get them to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. They traded their third and fourth round picks for Emmanuel Sanders plus a fifth from Denver. Um, and Sanders helped, you know, they, he helped them get to the Super Bowl. And um, if it wasn't for Jimmy G over though, um, you know, maybe we would have been talking in a different light. But either way, um, Sanders went, became a free agent, and then he was promptly picked up by the Saints on a two-year deal. Um, I want to hear your thoughts. What, were the Niners right to let Sanders go? Was the trade even worth it? That's a really tough question. Um, like you said, you know, I think the whole Emmanuel Sanders debate kind of rested on that last throw in the Super Bowl. And mm-hmm. like, you know, if, you know, Jimmy just threw it just maybe like five yards, 10 yards shorter then we, we could probably be talking about something completely different, but um, I don't know. I feel like uh, Emmanuel Sanders brought so much more to the team than, you know, just like, you know, an amazing wide receiver. Oh, yeah. um, you know, I think he really elevated Debo Samuel. Um, you know, he definitely impacted, uh, you know, Kendrick Bourne, you know, provided a, a mentor role into the, in the locker room because before, you know, our wide receiver squad was just really young and, you know, 
inexperience really shows in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And I think having that veteran wide receiver like Sanders, who already won a Super Bowl, you know, just really inspired our players to like, you know, play better. And hopefully they kind of like, you know, hang on to what they learn from Sanders and take it to them, take it with them next season. Because, um, yeah, that was a lot of draft capital we gave up for Sanders for one year. Um, should we have kept him? Uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, we're in a position right now where we can use our draft capital to replace Sanders, at least on a talent talent scale. But, you know, I don't think you can ever replace, you know, his uh, knowledge and his, you know, mentality and his veteran presence in the locker room. Yeah, I think that um, that veteran presence, that's a huge point. And that's a great point, Sad, because, um, you know, when we talk, like, all I think can think about is that Monday night football game against the Seahawks, right? Um, Sanders got hurt early in the game. And basically, he, mm-hmm. um, you know, the Niners had to rely on guys like Bourne and Pettis and Samuel to um, take up the role. And what happened? A lot of drops, a lot of drops, and it probably uh, probably cost him the game. Um, but obviously, you know, that was like Sanders' third game, I think, in a Niners uniform. Um, but you could see the inexperience of those wide receivers. And that was exactly why the Niners traded for Sanders, because they needed a reliable veteran target for Jimmy G first. And, you know, that added benefit of Sanders developing those wide receivers, right? Um, I feel like um, the original plan was that for the Niners season was that the front office decided, you know, hey, this is not really kind of um, a tanking year. But at the same time, this is not a contending year. We're not going to get uh, like a big name free agent wide receiver. They tried. I mean, they tried to get Odell, right, um, early on. But they said, hey, you know, let's just try and develop our wide receiving core, right? This is kind of a, like a rebuilding year. Like we're trying to see what we have in our guys. But then when they got so successful, they're like, oh, crap, right? We got to seize this window of opportunity, right? Everyone's been developing better than we expected, except our wide receiving court, right? right. Um, so they got Sanders. And I feel like that's how they played it early on. And, you know, Sanders, yes, Sanders completely matured that wide receiving core um, to the point where we were talking about Debo as a reliable, he's like the number two or number one guy right now. Um, obviously the number one guy right now, but like, um, he was just a rookie. He was just a rookie coming into uh, the season, unproven, and um, and he dropped a couple passes. But then mm-hmm. now he's like this kind of guy. He's like a guy. And he could have been, honestly, the Super Bowl MVP if the Niners won. He was that good in the Super Bowl. Um, he was excellent. Yeah. And then Sanders, that exactly, like when he leaves, that veteran presence is gone. Now who do you have as your oldest wide receiver? Uh, it's probably Goodwin, I think, or Travis Benjamin. I mean, yeah, like, <laughs> or Jordan Matthews, if he's still on the team. I don't know. Um, Is he on the team? <laughs> I haven't checked, but I'm gonna assume no. Um, maybe Shanahan just wanted to cut him just because I don't know. Like, it's just that you have you need kind of that veteran presence, and you know, it's it's not overrated in a sense because you saw what happened with the Niners wide receiving core once Sanders came into the building. Um, so, yes, that's going to be something to track. I don't think they should have um, re-signed him. I think he would have cost too much. 
Um, and, you know, it's clear that, you know, he's going to get older and older. And I don't think he'll be worth, you know, maybe the $9 million that he was asking for. Right, right. Veteran presence isn't enough so that you can, especially with, you know, the decline in cap space, you need to be prudent with it. Um, I don't think it was right. I think they were right to let him go. But I also think, you know, and the trade was also worth it. They got to the Super Bowl. Um, they exactly. had a shot to win it at the end. That involved Emmanuel Sanders. It wasn't his fault. He was just a big asset to the team. They got what they wanted for. Yeah, yeah. I completely agree. Like, uh, without Sanders, you know, it's hard to say even if we get home field advantage, right? Because, you know, he was such a, a you know, valuable, uh, you know, asset to have, you know, especially in the shootout against the Saints, right? Like, yeah, you know, Sanders exactly. didn't catch that dime you know, in the, the first or second quarter, like, you know, we, we may have not even come back in that game and won. And same with the Rams. Touchdown. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, this man really just, he elevated our game for sure. So he was worth getting. It's just a shame that, uh, you know, we just didn't get that bit closer. So uh, we'll see. Um, but yeah, you're right in that. I think it's better for us to, you know, keep our other guys, the younger guys and let Sanders go. I think the hardest thing to like cope with, I guess, I don't know, is that he went to the Saints, right? Um, and now you got Michael Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders there. Ooh. Mm-hmm. And that's, like Breeze was already lethal with just Thomas. That's going to be very hard. I feel bad for the, the South. <laughs> oh, yeah. Not just for him, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's ridiculous there. But yeah. Um, so let's just track it now. Like, if we just looked at all of the uh, moves that the Niners made, um, you know, they added Tom Compton, um, a guard from the New York Jets, and Travis Benjamin, a wide receiver. I want to say who last played for the, I don't know, Chargers. I Chargers. Yes. And then subtractions. Oh, they obviously they cut um, their starting right guard in the Super Bowl. And, you know, throughout the entire season, Mike Person, um, they lost Emmanuel Sanders, they lost DeForest Buckner, and they were able to retain, resign Eric Armstead, Jimmy Ward, Ben Garland, their um, backup center, and their backup defensive end, Ronald Blair. So, you know, how would you kind of overall grade, I guess, the Niners free agency period? What kind of stood out to you, I guess? I'd say they did really well, uh, especially with, you know, the um, – you know, the challenge of keeping players that, you know, you think are going to, you know, maintain their their quality of play for uh, several years. I think getting like Jimmy Ward, for example, was a really underrated move because, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, everyone's been dogging on Jimmy Ward for not, you know, playing because he's been getting injured the last few years, right? Oh, yeah. But he finally had one good season. We got, you know, a pretty good glimpse of what this guy's capable of. And more importantly, I think that, um, you know, Jimmy Ward kind of shows like the uh, the allure of our organization because, you know, the Raiders offer him more money, but he still wanted to stay with us. So uh, that's a good sign. I think that, you know, the 49ers are still keeping the positive locker room, you know, keeping things like constructive. So, um, yeah, keeping Ward is great. Uh, keeps that uh, safety position just locked in. Um, keeping Ben Garland's great because, you know, he's been locking – uh, the center position down ever since um, our starting center got injured. Um, and Ronald Blair, I th- think, was super underrated until he got, he unfortunately tore his ACL. So, 
if he can come back back to where he was before at least 80%, I would say that, you know, there, we have amazing depth, not just great depth, amazing depth at the defensive end position. So I would say that it's pretty good, pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I think like, um, it could have been as good as you could have asked for, right? Um, right. You know, you can't make huge moves at this point, right? You saw the Niners last year. They were making, like, these huge moves. They were trying to get OBJ. Um, then they got D Ford. Um, they got Quan Alexander. You know, they were making these huge kind of salary cap moves. Um, and they have for the past two, three off seasons, right? John Lynch has been sending big bucks um, to try and get this team back on schedule. And now that they are, um, this just makes free agency a little bit harder, right? You have to just make prudent moves. You have to make moves that will keep the overall talent level of your team, but at the same time, stay under that salary cap. And you know, this is a Super Bowl um, squad, right? This is, was a Super Bowl contender. You could mm-hmm. argue that I could argue that this was the best overall kind of team um, last season. And, you know, it's just unfortunate that they lost in the Super Bowl. But at the same time, I think that this overall talent level of this team is kind of unmatched at this point. There was not a lot of holes that you could fill. Right. Um, so I think they did a good job retaining as many talented pieces as they could um, within reason. And they were able to even, like, stock up on more picks. I mean, that was great in and of itself. And they made some cost-cutting moves. Buckner, Sanders, and Person. Person's a really interesting one because um you know i didn't expect him to be cut in a sense because you know he he did fine and he's not that expensive but i think it's more because of the rise of daniel brunt skill right he was the backup right tackle um and he played really well and then he played really well when person got injured um so i think that the rise of brunt skill you know people shannon's like hmm i can like person's a good guy he's affordable that I can get an even more affordable, more younger kind of guy in Brunskill. And then they also mm-hmm. traded for it. They also signed Tom Compton um, as depth as well. So I think T- Compton and Brunskill is going to be competing out in training camp for that right guard position. So they just made very minor kind of adjustments there. And um, and the Ward one was also really surprising too. There were three big guys that they managed had to sign or like think about. And it's Armstead, Ward, and Sanders. They let Sanders go they uh, retained Armstead. That's what I thought they would do. But, you know, what was that question mark? Because, you know, maybe he's not worth the big bucks. At the same time, he's pretty good. Um, he's a starter, for sure. Um, but they were able to get him back on a reasonable deal, right? I think they could have gone with Tavarius Moore at three safety. But, you know, maybe he's just a little too raw at this point. And, you know, you want an experienced guy because you want to get back to the big dance. You want to have your guys, right? So maybe they could have made that move, but I think that Ward is still a solid signing. And yeah, again, um, John Lynch has um, stayed loyal to Ward for the past couple of years, even though, you know, there wasn't much to be loyal to. Um, like he gave him a one-year deal. He gave him the fifth-year option on his contract, which was one year, eight million guaranteed fully. That's a lot of money. And I don't think he even played that well that season. Um, and then I think, and he also got hurt again probably that season too. And then what does John Lynch do? He re-signs him again for a year, one year, $4 million this time. Still above um, that minimum. And, you know, even though Ward has been hurt, like I would say literally every season, um, he completely sh- showed his worth 
this season. And you know, I'm excited, and I hope that Wood is able to continue to outperform his contract value. Yeah, I've graded it pretty good. I've graded the overall free agency period pretty good. Yep. Yeah. Um, and, you know, lastly, I think we already addressed this, but, you know, um, now we're kind of looking towards the draft. And, you know, that's a whole different thing, right? First of all, um, the draft is being conducted maybe through the same services that we're literally using right now, and that's through Zoom. Um, that's going to be really, really weird. And you just know that some, uh, like, old-ass um, NFL exec is going to screw things up with it. They're going <laughs> to text the wrong pick, or it's going to lag or something, and then, you know, um, they're going to run out of time on the clock. It's just going to be it's going to be a mess. I can already see it happening. I mean, the draft is already a mess, so, I mean, it wouldn't be surprising. When you add technology in it, ooh, I don't know. Yeah. You see Jerry Jones interviewing uh, uh, talent this this uh, this year? Uh, no, I haven't actually. Yeah, he was uh, he was using Zoom, and uh, it was quite the sight to see. <laughs> what happened? I think he was just asking. Um, I think it was Justin Herbert some okay. like interview questions. So I think all these teams are using you know platforms like Zoom to kind of like get to know these players because they can't really obviously see them in person, right? Yeah. So yeah, scouting this year is going to be a challenge. So, you know, I think the Niners should just play it safe this draft. I think that would be my biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's certain players out there that I feel like you can just kind of like bank on their talent more than anything. So, just you know, play it safe. You know, address maybe the most immediate needs. Maybe I would you know get more uh, offensive linemen to you know uh, protect Jimmy G, a corner. Uh, you know, as Richard Sherman is getting older. And yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Yeah. Um, this team is a good team. There's ways to get better at certain positions, but they don't need to fill a lot of them. Hopefully they uh, stay pat and they're able to draft some good guys and maybe get that one player that could put them over the top. <laughs> I was almost going to think that like Jerry Jones had some very bad background choices for his Zoom call because that wouldn't uh, surprise me in the latest. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think it's a good thing, though, with the draft because um, I feel like a lot of um, emphasis, unnecessary emphasis is being placed on, like, measurables and pro days and stuff like that when you literally have game film to watch. Like, you can see a guy do an individual workout, but how many times have you know, like, actually see your defensive lineman run 40 yards down the field? I mean, that's ridiculous. Like, yeah. Oh, he but he has a four six forty time versus this guy who has a four eight. I mean, I, is that really a factor when you kind of like look at some of these guys? It's a, it's kind of ridiculous. I think the antics that go on about the um, pro days and all the measurables and stuff like that. Sometimes it's helpful, obviously, but you know mm-hmm. I've heard that um, right now. I think the more inexperienced drafters or the front offices are struggling because they have less connections to them like these college coaches and all of that when it comes to like being able to sit down with a player and kind of see like what makes them tick kind of mm-hmm. their attitude their personality because everyone's going to be interviewing hopefully everyone's going to be interviewing at their best i mean you never know right but like usually those guys can like talk to the um coaches right through connections and they're like hey what do you know about this guy like um, is he an asshole or is he not, right? It's like stuff like that, right? And right. Then, 
they can fill them in, right? So the more inexperienced kind of um, GMs out there, they don't have those connections and they're going to struggle with that. Um, that's what I've heard, at least. Um, I think John Lynch is well-suited. People respect him. I think he has a lot of good connections and hopefully it all pans out. Yeah. But thank you for joining me, Sai. Um, this is a great talk at the Niners Free Agency. It was a little um, overdue, but you know, I'm glad we got to talk. Hey, thanks for having me back. This is great. Yeah. Um, this is actually the 10th episode of Sports Council, so hooray for us. Um, right. Unfortunately, we did it under quarantine, but <laughs> it's cool. It's all good. Um, so, you know, I'm Matthew, and I'm glad. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And, and stay, stay safe. Yeah.